race fans. My name is Rob Howden, the Road to Indy Insider, and welcome to the 2020 season. I would have liked to have got the podcasts uh, rolling in November or December, but man, life is pretty busy here when you're a karting journalist and announcing races, going to the Scusa Supernats, whatever it may be, and a lot of busy side stuff on my eCardingNews.com program. But here we are, uh, almost into, Jan- into February. It's January the 31st. This is the 25th episode of the Road to Indy inside of the first of 2020, essentially our preseason preview. And uh, this is like a double whammy because you got Rob Howden, the insider, and I've also got TSO ladder Steve Wittick, who more, more often than not knows more than I do. Uh, so it's a pretty good double whammy. Steve, uh, hey, first off, Happy New Year and, and great to have you with us. Happy New Year to you too and everybody that uh, tunes in. It's uh, And I think it's going to be a really good year and I'm excited to get going. I, I know you've been on the road, but I haven't. And I know I'm ready to get traveling again. So. Um, I'm actually headed to Dakota for the IndyCar test in a uh, week, so I'm getting excited for that one. Yeah, you know what? I was very lucky. I, I did the Super Nationals, uh, the Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas, and I was essentially and I, I, on the couch, I say, or on the bench uh, for almost two months. And man, it was at least six weeks. Drove me crazy. But the Supercarts USA guys got fired up at the Winter Series down at Homestead, Florida. I went down for that race. Santino Ferrucci actually was one of the drivers on track, as was Gabby Chavez. They both raced there. Two weeks later, just this past weekend, I was in Tucson, Arizona for an event. So that was badass. So, yeah, I, I've been get, able to get to a couple of racetracks, get back in the groove from the Thursday to the Monday grind, and then back in the office. So, I'm, I'm listen, I think we're all jacked up to get to St. Petersburg for the start of the Road Indy program. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Again, the road, dude, the road Indy thing is fantastic. But I'm really super excited to see what Oliver Askew and Renus VK are going to be able to do in IndyCar, too. We'll start with we'll start the Insider with that because – Here's a couple of kids we've watched fast track through the program, right? First and second, all the way up the ranks, essentially. Uh, super exciting to watch what they do in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I can't wait to actually get the IndyCar season started just for that fact. And you add in Pato and you add in Colton Herta. And, man, it's a lot of guys we've covered just over the last two years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and they're they're going to have a good chance. They're, with, they're all with good teams, and they're going to have a good chance to compete. Um, and then you throw in some other young guys at Rosenquist and Alex Pillow and yeah. Perucci. It's uh, that, you know, we did an announcement yesterday from TK where he said, you know, it's kind of time for a changing of the garden. I think we're finally seeing that, which is uh, it's good for the road dindy and good for guys that are looking to extend their career beyond just, uh, you know, the junior formulas. Yeah, I think you're bang on there, Steve. That's a great point. All right, so let's let's start the preseason preview here on the Road to Indy Insider. Again, first off, we'll say hello to all, all those of you who tune in. I love it. Thank you so much for the tweets, the messages you send me. I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm starting my essentially 11th season with the program. They'll celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Road to Indy this year because it really only formed at the end of 2010. But I remember being there at St. Petersburg in that very first race of the year when I got the call to, uh, to announce USF 2000 on its return. So 11th season for me. I'm pretty excited. Nice. I remember tuning in to you uh, on that streaming. Man, it was it was brutal, but it was rough. But it was great to have coverage, at least when you couldn't get to a race. So Exactly. The stream wasn't the best back then, but we were doing it. No, I think <clears> the <throat> first year was 2012 covering it. So I'm uh, not quite as long as you. Yeah, you're there, though. I All right, let's, let's jump into Indy Lights. And I think, obviously, last year, Steve, I think we launched with 10 cars, I believe it was, at the first race because it was a couple of one-offs and got down to you know seven or eight at one point. Right now, we'll kind of go through the teams. We'll talk about who we have. Looking at what? Anywhere between 10 and 14, I think, over the first. 14, best case scenario. Yeah. 10, best case is pretty realistic. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think uh, 10 to 11 to start the season is probably where we'll be. We might end up with 12, but uh, 
you never know. Uh, there's always last minute stuff that comes together that, yeah. you, don't, you know, you can do all the digging you want, but there's always going to be stuff that comes together at the last minute. Somebody's flight in Europe falls through and they have some money to spend. So we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah, uh, you're right. That's true. One of the, you know, if something doesn't happen in Europe, guys start coming over here. Um, I, I will. Uh, here's the caveat again, because I want to put this out here. People always talk about the fact that, wow, Indy Lights is so, you hear people say, well, you should get rid of Indy Lights or get rid of this or bring these together. The bottom line is, in my in my opinion, one of the reasons why, obviously, the Lights had some issues early with some budget issues and some tech issues. They got that figured out. Budgets are lower. The, my, my feeling is the biggest reason why we don't have more drivers right now in Indy Lights is because there was that middle middle of the rung drop when the Pro Mazda went from the Pro Mazda car to the new uh PM18 from Tadis. We didn't have a lot of drivers that year. As Indy Pro continues to grow, let's say we get Indy Pro up to 14 to 16 to 18 drivers. That's the pool from which drivers move into Indy uh, Indy Lights, right? Yep, exactly right. And it and there's there's other reasons for the the lower car count. You know, I'm actually working on an article right now about the um it the exchange rate. The US dollar is really strong right now. And I was just sort of going back through some some information. So We've always had Brazilian drivers, but we've been kind of thin on the Brazilian drivers lately. Well, I went through back through, and so the Brazilians use the real as their currency. In 2011, you could buy one U.S. dollar cost you 1.54 real. 2017, it was 3.3 real to buy one wow. U.S. dollar. Now it's 4.27. So essentially, you're looking at, let's just say, a $500,000 budget in whatever series you want. You know, that's going to cost you four times what it did, you know, 10 years ago, which is just and it's like that around the world. Right. Like everywhere, every currency I looked at, there's a good you know, that one's the extreme probably. But there's it's a makes a huge difference. Well, let me add to that right now. And I just got a confirmation. Actually, he sent me a message. Uh, I'm trying to get a lot of your last minute messages here. This speaks volumes to what you just said, uh, Steve. I just got a message, reached out to Lucas Cole, who was the only Brazilian in the series last year. It was supposedly a two-year program for him to run with Blardi Auto Racing. Now, he didn't tell me it was the exchange, or the, you know, the, the strong U.S. dollar, but he did say, Lucas Cole confirmed to me that he will not be running in the road to Indy this year. Which is really so, bad because he's, you know, he's a very good kid and he's, you know, he just keeps getting better, so... And he spent last year with Bellardi Auto Racing on a two-year program just getting a feel for the car. The reason, remember, he, he jumped from USF 2000 straight to Indy Lights because of the exposure Indy Lights gets in Brazil. But right. yeah, maybe, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll pitch him that after we're done here to see if maybe that was one of the reasons. But I just I just, just got the confirmation about five minutes ago before we came on air from Lucas that he wasn't coming. Sets up perfectly from what you're talking about when you're talking about the Brazilian exchange. So. And, it, and, it, and even for Americans looking to race overseas, you know, we actually have quite a few overseas right now, you know, like guys like Logan Sargent and Ryan Tevitter and um, that would probably be at that lights level. But all of a sudden the American dollar buys a lot more in Europe than it used to. So all of a sudden they can run over there for a lot cheaper than they can run here, which is, you know, um, you know, you just get more for your money going that way too. So that's hurt a little bit with some American drivers, but you're right. As long as Pro Mazda is going to be a great grid this year. Or Indy Pro 2000. Jeez. Two years down. The I think it's a right $50,000 fine, right? Like, damn. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be probably a really, the best grid we've seen in a while, at least car count wise. And that's going to help Indy Lights down the road. Let's start with uh, the championship winning Indy Autosport. Uh, based on what I have in my notes, Dave, I rather, uh, Steve, you could help me. Robert McGinnis, uh, have they actually, have they actually confirmed Robert McGinnis or not? 
they, yeah, they kind of did in a in a release earlier this. Like I think it was in the India in the um, Anderson Promotions release. You know, just saying okay. we'll be back with the team for another season to try and improve. So yeah, I think he's confirmed. Uh, he's and again he for me with Robert the thing was you know he was on that program where I'm coming in. I'm going to take this year. I've got low expectations. Uh, and then, of course, he wins at the road course at Indianapolis. And that kind of, ch- in, in talking to him later, he puts so much more pressure on himself because he won a race. Now I've got to win more races. Hey, maybe I can win the championship this year. Maybe I'll be an IndyCar next year. When for Robert, at 18 years of age, it should have been a three year program, anyways, just to relax and not even think about that. But the minute you win something, we saw it with RC Enerson as well, right? Yep. When they jump up, and the minute you win something, that awesome, great game plan you have for three years of really developing your talent and ready, being ready to move. He just goes out the window. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, Robert had a great year last year, especially against the competition he was against. You know? Great. Um, yeah, no doubt. You know, he goes in. I know Kyle Kirkwood's moving up, but I think Robert goes in as a, you know, prohibitive favorite to start the year at least. Let's uh, let's move to, to Kyle Kirkwood now. It's made It's been confirmed official that the uh, now two-time Road Dandy champion, first in USF 2000, then, of course, uh, last year in the Indy Pro 2000 category with RP Motorsport, Kyle Kirkwood moving to Andretti Autosport, essentially sliding into the, the seat of his good friend, uh, Oliver Askew. I think uh, Kyle, right out of the gate, is going to be a challenger. Oh, yeah. I, there's no fans or butts about it. He's one of the more talented people we've had come through the road to Indy in a long, long time. Um, he's going to have to keep working hard at it because, you, you know, as you get older or as you go up the ladder, it gets harder. Everybody's um, yeah. just that much better. Uh, but, yeah, he should be. he should be – contending for wins right out of the gate, I would think, um, you know, and it's nice to have your friend been in the exact same spot as you, same place. Uh, it gives you an idea of what to expect. Agreed. Yeah. So let's, now let's look at uh, the other potential spots. Cause we, we expect that Andretti will have four cars as they have in years past, sometimes three, sometimes four. They've tested Daniel Frost, the driver who ran for the last couple of years, did a, did a what three races in USF 2018, a full Indy pro 2000 program last year, uh, with exclusive autosports, he moves to test with Andretti Autosport. No, no confirmation yet that Frost will be will be racing with him this year. But uh, you know, Steve, what are you hearing? I'm hearing it's probably going to happen that Frost will be there, but no confirmation as of yet. Yeah, no confirmation of as yet, but it would wouldn't surprise me if that's where he ends up. Um, you know, it's kind of that place that it's a destination seat now, right? So yeah. it, you know, it, you've got to test yourself. Frost is talented. Um, and you know, I don't think another year of Indy Pro would have hurt him, but I don't either. I move up. You might as well test yourself against the best and be with the best team. I think that Daniel, had he stayed another year in Indy Pro 2000, would have been the outright cha- uh, championship challenger. I think he would have been right in the fight. You know, I think that would have been probably been a good move for him personally if I was his manager. But again, I'm not. Uh, and everybody we know wants to move their kids forward quickly. Uh, guys like Oliver and guys like Greenus VK have kind of changed the mindset for people. I think that they think they can go one year a piece in every series when it was always common knowledge, common thought that you did two years, in every program, learn the car, learn the, you know, the speed, win the next year. So, yep. Uh, and that's, you know, it's always going to be the case with special talent is going to be able to do that, but man, it's, it's not easy. It's tough. Well, it, it's tough when you, when you, so, you know, Daniel, he won last year, right? One was able to, was able to win. So the minute you win, you think, man, you know what? I could probably move up. Um, uh, my thought is always I want someone to be able to win, then learn how to challenge for a championship before they move up to the next level. And I think that's what I would like to have seen Daniel do B- battle for the Indy pro 2000 championship and then move the lights in 2021. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, it's, it's 
as you said, you know, you're spending a lot of money. You want to move up as quick as you can uh, and get to the point where you get paid. So yep. I get that. I totally get yeah, it. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how he ends up doing because he's going to have some good teammates. So it'll be really interesting to see how he ends up doing. What else you got for people that have tested with Andretti Autosports, Steve? I know Rasmuth Lint, I believe, tested as well. Sebring, what are your thoughts? Uh, anybody else other than Rasmuth? Or you can talk about Rasmuth if you like. Uh, no, I think Rasmus is, is probably, you know, he's the leader for that seat, I would think. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't, It's it'll be interesting to see. There's a couple other drivers floating around. So, um, you know, they tested Igor uh, or Duzev uh, at uh, the Chris Griffiths Memorial Test. And then was it Tristan Carpentier at the uh, test later in December? So there's a couple others. I think there'll be, it'd be one of those cases where Andretti's got some good drivers. They can, you know, they can sort of, pick and choose on what they want for that fourth driver, whether it's somebody that they know is going to take two years or, you know, someone like Orduzev who's, you know, very experienced. Uh, it just, it'll depend on what they're looking for. Obviously it's going to always depend on budget too. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that completely. Uh, the, who else do you have in your notes where, where, where Rasmus tested with as well? Uh, he tested with um, HMD and did he test with exclusive? I don't think he did. I, think I don't think he tested with exclusive. No, I was wondering whether or not he tested with Velarde or not. I don't think so. Not that I've been able to find out, but yeah, he tested. I know he tested with HMD and they really liked him, but um, you know, it's, and that's a place it's good to have options, right. As a driver, uh, he's very talented and he's actually last year, he grew up a ton um, and he's still only, I think 18. So he's still going to grow up more, but yeah, it's a, uh, it'll be a tough decision for his family too, on where, where to go. Um, you know, I think they've always struggled to get a full budget, but with your talent, you sometimes can struggle with the budget and still get a decent seat. Well, and the interesting thing, you got to look at the fact that just all the um, the uh, whole Swedish run we got going on right now, right? With Rosenquist and Ericsson and IndyCar right now, there's got to be a lot of buzz back in Sweden on the road to Indy and the whole IndyCar program. Yeah, I would think so. And he's here because um, his management is friends with Sam Schmidt. So it was Sam that kind of guided Rasmus to the U.S. So I'm sure Sam's trying to tell him what to do and what is best for his career. And, um, you know, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see the Swedish contingent come over here. And they're awfully good, too, right? Like, Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. I expect Rosenquist to contend for wins right out of the box this season. So, um, and, and Lind is just as talented as those two. So it's kind of cool to see them headed this way. And this it seems to companies in the country seem to support them, which is really, um, and apparently the, the leader of the country is a big racing fan too, which helps. That always helps. You're right. Let's, uh, let's, we'll go down alphabetically here right now. So we'll move over to, uh, for Bellardi auto racing. I actually messaged and was, I was chatting with, with Brian Bellardi today. And he tells me he's bullish on the 2020 season because he told he, he w- wouldn't let me know who they're talking to, but it sounds to me like they're very close to signing a couple of drivers. Um, it was potentially going to be today or potentially on the weekend that, that they'll actually get those drivers signed, which is great news for Bellardi Auto Racing. And he was bullish because he really feels that these drivers that he has, he's going to be able to contend with uh, for the wins in the championship in 2020, which I think is amazing because, you know, Bellardi, of course, has won the championship before. Um, they've been kind of up and down over the last couple of years, and they've been up and down at different circuits too. They'll, you know, at St. Petersburg, Toronto, almost dominant, right? They've been so good. Uh, and then other tracks, they've struggled a little more for pace. Um, I'm really interested. I'm really interested to find out. I pushed him pretty hard. And uh, and even like off the record, he, would, 
You wouldn't even give it to me off the record. So. Might have. Yeah, I've pushed him pretty hard in the past too, and I can't get a hold. Yeah. So Brian plays it pretty close to the vest, which I understand because you know, there's another team owner I talked to who said, you know, we're all fighting for the same like three guys, right? And I'm like, I know. So it's hard to, you know, they kind of want to keep uh, what they're doing pretty quiet. But um, you know, it, they've tested who they test. Flynn Lazier tested with them, um, and I think they were happy with that. And I know Flynn would like to move up, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of other drivers out there that they can talk to um, that are very experienced. I know they've talked to Toby Sowery, but yep. we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Brian's motivated to to win again. He was not happy with last season. He was really not happy with what happened last season. So um, he he wants to win again. So he'll make he'll make it happen. He'll make he'll get some good drivers to to get them back up to the front. Indeed. So moving from uh, B down the alphabetical order, at the end of this, we'll talk about a couple other drivers who may really haven't really been in the conversation yet. Certainly, and we'll bring them up a little bit. We'll move to exclusive autosport, a brand new team on the Indy Lakes level. Of course, they're a big part of the road to Indy already, going even deeper down with their F1600 series, that they, uh, team that they have that runs in Ontario and Quebec, multi-time champions there. Of course, race winners in USF 2000, race winners uh, in the Indy Pro 2000 category. They'll debut... Uh, Steve, this year in Indy Lights, they have two cars now. Uh, Michael Duncalf, of course, has been around a, a long time, had some connections with Andretti early on with his exclusive management program. But but Michael and Kimberly, um, they run a really, really great program. And Nikita Lastoshkin, Lastoshkin, actually, I got I to gotta make sure I say it right. He corrected me last year at Road America, and I got it right. Nikita Lastoshkin, after four years of staying Lastoshkin. Yes. Uh, I love I love seeing Nikita make the move up because again, here's a I don't want to use the word gentleman driver. He's in his late twenties. He's twenty nine years old, but he's really de- dedicated himself to his driving. I believe he's now an instructor at the Porsche Driving School in Southern California. So racing and driving is his life now. And I thought he was really good last year. He he put in some really good runs, topped a bunch of young kids in Indy Pro last year. Yeah, he's a really consistent driver, which I appreciate a lot. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and he's very very consistent and. You know, I think people don't understand. He didn't get in a race car till he was 21, 22 years old. So, you know, you've got to think he's more like, you know, he's been in, what, seven years. Most of these kids get in at 14. So he's like a 21-year-old, really, in experience. Well, it's true. Well, he, he's looking at it that way, he's doing very, very well. And um, you're right. He's really dedicated himself to it. And, uh, you know, I, it, I think it's important to see guys like him because he still wants to be a professional race car driver, right? And that's, yep. you know, it shows these kids, some of these kids that, you know, this isn't something that you need to have done by 19. It's something you can keep continue to work on. And, you know, you know, it helps to have some money behind you, but you can also go out and find your own partners. Right. So, um, you know, having guys like him in the series are fantastic. And I, you know, he could surprise some people because he's, he's very, very consistent and in lights, that's going to be very important, um, this year. And he's very easy on equipment too. Right. So it's not, you know, he's not going to do a whole ton of damage. He's not hard on the tires. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, new team, so I expect them to struggle a little bit out of the box. But um, you know, it's a good; it'll be a good learning experience for everybody. And who's kind of I that think the two- driver to to do it because he's so mature; he's not going to get upset or lose his mind because they're not competitive. Um, he he understands, I think, what he's gotten himself into. I'll add two comments to that, and I think you hit the nail on the head that the different perspective that Nikita. Uh, at 29 years of age brings to some of the other drivers around is the fact that, hey, you know what? You can still keep doing this. You don't have to be 18. You don't have to get out when you're 18. Some guys don't even pick it up till they're 18 or 21 like Nikita. And then, you know, you'd really start to fall in love with the sport, fall in love with the craft itself. But he also, the great thing about, so what's the key? 
I haven't sit down and asked him yet about what the ultimate goal is. Does he want to? Does he want to be able to start one Indianapolis 500? You know, you put a couple of years in Indy in Indy Lights, you prep yourself up for a potential arrive and drive. You know, a, a paid ride or I mean, a paying drive at the 500. Is that the goal? Or like we've seen so many times, I guarantee you, if you grab Nikita right now and put him into a sports car, an LMP2 car. He'd be, he'd be at the front trying to win races. Yeah, for sure. Right? Absolutely. That's what, the, that's what this program does. Develops exactly. talent so much. You're in this middle of this fight in Indy Lights, but you jump out of Indy Lights into a sports car and you're winning races. Yep. Oh, for sure. So, but, you know, we've seen that time and time again where that happens. And it's, you know, it's a great training ground. And even for someone like Nikita, you know, you're right. Like, let's do one Indy 500. Let's do some Indy car races. But then, you know, I want to be professional at this and let's go sports car racing. Um, yeah. You know, it's training ground, not just for, you know, the ultimate goal for all these guys is IndyCar, but they, you have to, I have to remind some of them sometimes I'm sure you do too, that, you know, your ultimate goal really needs to be a, a professional race car driver. You want to be a paid race car driver. It doesn't matter what you drive. You know, if you drive a Nissan Micra and get paid for it, you're still getting paid to race a race car. And it's a lot better than any other job. So yeah. Look at some of the guys that have what you would have tagged early on in the last 15 years, 20 years, you have tagged as saying, Hey, this guy's going to be the next star in IndyCar. Uh, but just the way things kind of moved, they didn't go that way. Whether it's a Brian Sellers, who was a USF 2000 champion, right? Or it's a Connor De Felipe, who was the, was a Star Mazda champion. You know, they moved to, to, to professional rides. John Edwards, all these there's all these guys that that got to the very almost top level of of open wheel racing, made that adjustment when they weren't able to go any further, and they've been living living amazing careers and, and been able to race. That's yeah, great. someone like Dean Cameron won the you know WeatherTech Sports Car. Series top level championship last year, right? Like, yep. I think Ed drives for Penske. Doesn't get any better than that. Um, yep. And you know he rode Indy training. So yeah, exactly. it's not. Let's just- talk more about exclusive autosport. They they did test another driver. I, I said that that Michael has two cars there at EA. Um, they also tested Cave and Andres, yep. uh, who actually ran, ran USF two thousand with Cave Motorsports a number of years ago. But a big wreck, I believe, down in at, at St. Petersburg. Some pretty good big damage of the car. But at least they've had somebody else in the car other than just Nikita. Yeah, they've had a couple people in the car, which is really good. Um, you know, we'll see where they end up. I'd love to see them at two cars. I know Michael really wants to two cars. So, um, you know, it just helps things. It'll help Nikita. It'll help everybody if they have two cars. But uh, like I like we talked about before, you know, everybody's kind of fighting over the same five or six drivers um, at this point in the season, unless they've got somebody up their sleeve that nobody knows about, which is great if they do. Um, but everybody's sort of fighting for those few drivers. So it's all about who can squeeze the, you know, most juice out of the lemon. <laughs> um, what, uh, what, what I did want to mention is the fact that when we're talking about the, the let's say the competitiveness, the exclusive autosport will have coming out of the gate. You know, you and I both talked about it. They are it's a brand new team. Everywhere they go is brand new data. Always. It's always been that way, right? They had Parker Thompson kind of being the, t- the guinea pig in USF 2000 to build the database. He did the same thing in Indy Pro, winning races to build the database. Hey, he did win um, races both years. Their first season in each of the yeah. series. So, you know, it's not beyond the fact, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they be winners again. But as you move up, it gets tougher and tougher. And Merle Swan running the program. Merle's got a lot of experience in the higher horsepower cars. Obviously, one of the uh, Merle's kind of uh, the the guru of Formula Atlantic exactly. uh, in SCCA running. So he's, he knows how to run the higher downforce and higher horsepower cars. So it should be interesting. I like I'm, that's going to be a great story, I think, for us to follow throughout the season. Let's move now to HMD Motorsports. As we as said, go alphabetically here. David Malukas, of course, confirmed for the team, kind of attached to that team family wise. 
uh, Malukas. You want to talk about Malukas a little bit? Uh, again, another driver who probably could, could have spent another year in USF 2000, then another year in Indy Pro 2000. Yep. He's in Indy Lights right now. I, I hope he stays for two, three, four years for David. He's a young kid still. He's only 17 years of age last year. Uh, learned a ton and got better throughout the season. Yeah, he had an interesting season last year. It was not as it was probably not how he wanted it to go. And it, you know, it started out, it was okay. You know, the start wasn't bad. He had a podium at uh, Coda and had some solid results at St. Pete, but um the the wreck he had in the Freedom One Hundred kind of set him back mentally a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he, admitted, he admitted he admitted that to me later in the season, right? When we did a couple of yeah. uh Q and A's at the Cooper Tire stage, he said straight up, that shook me for two months. Yeah, but then he got back on the oval at Gateway and and kicked butt, and that yeah. that kind of like woke him back up. It seemed to perk back up, and um, you know, sort of got back into into it. And I understand that, you know, as you're a 17, 16 year old, and you have a crash like that at Indy, you're you, you're going to have second thoughts. You wouldn't be human if he didn't. So yep. the fact that he could brush himself off and get back up to speed, and you know, the next oval on the on the event or in the next oval on the schedule, he he had the podium. So it doesn't get much better than that for you know. Having a little bit of toughness, it helps. So being told that HMD could be anywhere from two to four cars, they would do four cars if they had the interest, which is interesting. Last year, Toby Sowery, of course, was kind of their star for them. Toby was able to be kind of the guy that was the mentor for David, uh, worked a lot on the setup. They were able to, you know, they made a, an engineering switch midway through the season, right? Going from essentially BN Racing to H, HMD, bringing on uh, Jeff Fickling, eventually near the end of the year, bringing on uh, John Comiskey to actually manage and run the program as well. Yep. So some pretty big pretty big uh, behind-the-scenes uh, management adjustments for HMD. That actually worked to Sowery's favor as he was able to come on strong and, and get some victory at, at the end of the season. Yeah, he uh, had a really good season, considering he wasn't even you know planning on being in a car you know two weeks before the season. So, um, yeah. You know, and it, and it took them a while to kind of get their feet under them with the, you know, with Bryn running, Bryn Nuttall running the show. And then they switched everything over and it took them a while to get going, but they did get going. Now they've had a lot of changes in the offseason again. So we'll, uh, have to fill me in. What's happening there? What, 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 can, what can you fill me in on, Steve? Are you holding um, some back for an article on TSO Ladder? Oh, no, I can share. Um, oh, it's all right. He's no longer there. Um, I believe Who, AJ, who's that? AJ, John is no longer at HMD. John Kamiski's no longer there. No, he's no longer there. Um, okay. It's AJ Smith, I think, is running things. From East right. Munkos. From Hunkos, um, yep. Right now, Tim Neff and Mike Reggio are there as engineers, and we both know they're both very experienced. So, so ladies and gentlemen, I told you I'm the I'm the the road to Indy insider, but sometimes I have to def- defer to Steve Whitick. He lives in Indianapolis. He's pretty connected. So, wow, that's uh, let's let's talk. So so Neff, who comes from Schmidt Peterson. Originally, uh, via via originally via then through Velarde Auto Racing, um, and and Mike Reggio, who has been Andretti and Hunkos. Right, exactly. So wow, yeah. So drop that one. That's a bomb. Yeah. So two two very very well respected and uh, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Technically knowledgeable guys there on, on the engineering stand. Oh yeah, wow. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things I you will, you know, that's who was there, you know, six weeks ago. We'll see who's there. They were there when John was there. John's not there anymore. John Comiskey. So we'll see uh, what ends up what happened, what ends up happening engineering wise. But if I'm Henry Malukas, David's dad, I make sure those two guys are still there as engineers because they're both very good. So let's just say that 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 Tim Neff ends up being there. Is that is, would that segue into probably one, one of the bigger news items that really hasn't hit huge yet? 
uh, here in, in the IndyCar program or the, the Road to Indy program is that we may see the return of Santiago Urrutia, the Uruguayan, could come back this year. He's tested with HMD. He actually, in his years in Indy Lights, worked with Tim Neff, both at Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports and at Bellardi Auto Racing. Is that a connection, Steve, you think is going to maybe come back together for 2020? Certainly thinking it's something you should be watching. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Where do you put, in your mind, Where if Santiago comes back, Santi, as they say, if Uruti is back, where do you slot him in in the championship contention? This guy almost won the championship three years in three years in a row. Uh, came from within one corner and a, and a and a teammate move over of winning the championship back in what seventeen, right? Yeah, 16. yes, 16. 17. 17. You know what? Scrap what I said about Reggio. It's not Reggio. It's Yancey Dietlovic. Di- oh, Yancey Dietlovi. Dietlovi, Evie. Yes, I knew it was one of the two from, and then I had to double check my notes. And That's fine. Yancey. Okay. Yeah. So Reggio's still at Junco, so it's, Junco. So it's Yancey. So, well, yeah, listen, Yancey Diatalevi just changed the names because he's got Andretti and Junco's as well. Exactly. Yeah, no, he's okay. just as good. So, um, yeah. yeah, he was um, Renus's VK's engineer. Exactly. So what, what What are your thoughts on Yeruti if he comes back? Uh, obviously, did some sports car racing in Europe last year. I got to think he's immediately championship contender. Oh, yeah, I think so for sure. Um, yeah, he's. I know he's motivated. That's for sure. Um, he, and he, and he missed open wheel a lot. Like he didn't mind. I've chatted had a little chat with him, but not too much, just back and forth a little. And, you know, he, he enjoyed, you know, he, he, he wants to be back in open wheel. There's no offense about that. Um, and you know, open wheel kind of missed him. He brings that fiery, you know, didn't really care what anyone thought, just wanted to win races. And that's kind of, you know, it's always good to have that kind of guy in the series. Cause he's going to push everybody. As a guy who's on pit lane, who uh, interviews him a lot when he was in Victory Lane uh, as part of the Indy, Light, Indy Lights program, I, I loved. I, I'm a big fan of Santi as a as a as a guy too, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, although he's not a kid anymore, but I just I just I, I like him. He's got that fire, and I, I said this from the very beginning. Like I said with Jack Harvey, here's a guy that was just absolutely tailor made to be a character in the IndyCar program. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, he would just be he would be delightful in IndyCar. Yes, and it'd be one of those guys that fans either hated or loved. Perfect. He's right. He's one of those guys that man. He's aggressive and his and he doesn't care. We pisses off, uh, but he can back it up with talent too. So, you know, yeah, we haven't had someone like that in a while. So, um, yeah, no, he's someone I'd always hope would we see an IndyCar. I think it'd be really he'd be a really good IndyCar driver. Um, and you know, as aggressive as he is, he's not overly hard on equipment. So it's one of those strange things, right? He, you know, he comes across as aggressive on track, but. Do you remember him crashing a whole lot? I don't. The minute you started saying that, my mind went, okay, what my reply to Steve has got to be to answer about <laughs> about crashes. And no. No. Right? I literally I literally don't remember any of him him crashing. No, I think he had one issue at Toronto, but I thought it was a mechanical maybe in lights. I don't know. Ah, that's kind of caught me off guard. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Ah. I'd like I'd lo- I'd love to go back now. I'm sure you've probably done it or will do it. I'd like to go back and go through all his races and see how many laps he completed. Yep, I can. I don't. Maybe some. Maybe a D. Maybe a mechanical DNF, but not much other than that. I don't remember him crashing. Don't get me wrong. He had incidents on track with people. But but of course, didn't have. You know, he didn't. He was not. Did not have a lot of DNFs. So um, yeah. So let's let's cap off Indy Lights right now with uh, Hunkos Racing, and they've been maybe I don't know where I'm looking for uncharacteristically silent. Over the off season, I actually uh, reached out to to uh, Ricardo Junco's today. Got on the phone with him. We talked a little bit. They they've done no off season testing, nope. and I think in his mind is you know listen, 
we won however many races last year with Renus VK championships. You know, where they they know what they're doing, right? Yeah. It's it's not like they need to test for themselves. You're test drivers for people to feel. So if somebody's coming in and they know they want to win a race, they know they know what they were able to do last year. Obviously, Renus finished second in the championship, came very close, uh, super strong at the end of the year. He tells me he's talking to he's talking to a bunch of drivers. Yeah. Uh, there are potential deals on the table. He's very optimistic. And the other thing he told me was the fact that they've been able to, to they've been able to raise some team sponsorship this year. Oh, so the budget they have is a little less than it normally would have been because they have some team sponsorship already put in place. So that's, that's good. That always helps. And you know, one of the drivers I know that was on the table there but is now off the table is someone we had back we had the road dindy of quite a few years ago, Tatiana Calderon. Um oh. but yep. yeah, but she's she actually just signed to a uh, super formula deal over in Japan. So I don't think we'll see her, unfortunately. Um, After a couple of years of F2, right? Yeah. And I thought I thought it might be a good move for her to come back here. She probably had her most success in, it was Indy Pro 2000. It was Star Mazda at the time. It, yep. At 11, 10, 11 in that range, she had a bunch of podiums and she's really good. And You're right. You know, um, it would have been nice to see her come back, but I understand wanting to continue over overseas too. And Super Formula is a pretty dang cool series. How old is she? Do you know? I don't. I don't have that. I, I'd have to go back because I remember. I remember watching Tatiana when she was racing in Jika and Cadet racing in Jika back in the old karting days. Probably on a Hunko's chassis back then too. Probably. Um, like twenty eight, maybe. Let me double check. Okay. Twenty six. Oh, geez, younger than I thought. Twenty six. So she's not young. Well, and she's she's not young, but uh, you do again. You, she was here and did one year, two years of Indy Lights. She'd be a thirty year old or a twenty eight year old Indy car driver. Right, right. Which you, which you can easily do. Just part of the um, was a gear racing um, program down at Daytona with Catherine Legg, yes, Nina Nielsen. Yes. And, um, so she was just part of that, and I think she'll do some more sports car racing. But um, and then she's going over to Japan to race in uh, Super Formula, which is a really cool series. So he's exactly right. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move into the Indy Pro 2000 category now. I don't have any numbers actually written down in overall numbers, and, and actually my notes are actually not down in alphabetical order, so we can just pick things up. Um, do you want? What do you want to start with, Steve? Do you want to throw? Want to start with? Uh, you start with the championship football? winning team, RP Motorsports. We can do that. I'm not hearing a lot. I, no, I, I'm not either, and I've tried to get in touch with them, and I haven't heard a whole lot back. So um, I have reports that they have they have one driver signed. Okay, that's what I'm told. Good. Well, good to see. I was ho- I'm getting a little concerned that they, you know, we weren't going to see them back, but it'd be crazy that we wouldn't see them back. But, you know, you never know sometimes. And I know they've, uh, you know, I know they've got a lot of programs going in Europe too, but that sh- having the programs going in Europe is a great thing to feed drivers into, into your U.S. program too. So uh, no impressive. they've been really impressive with what they've been I think. I think the next one we'll go to is exclusive Autosport because obviously you know they've got a pretty hot driver. They were able to pick up the USF 2000 champion who comes with the scholarship. But that's Braden Eves out of Ohio. I uh, got a connection with uh, Michael Shank Racing as well. Braden does really impressive last year with with uh, with uh, Cape Motorsports. Comes into a team we know can win races. Right, it won races with Parker Thompson the year before. Daniel Frost actually winning races last year as well. They're very very good on the oval uh, at Lucas Oil Raceway. I, I, I like Eve's going there. I think it'll be really interesting. I find it. I also find it very cool that we saw you know, the last three champions go to different teams. I agree. In three years. I think right? it's great for Braden to go there. I think it'll be a good spot for him. Um, Michael kind of he's very good at driver development, and that'll fit with Braden very well. Um, Braden, you know, he's open to learning, uh, which some drivers aren't. So it's always nice to have a driver that's open to learning, and he'll be 
he'll be open to you know he'll be open to to learning from Michael and what the team has to teach him. And I, you know it's it's just great to see another team pick up one of the scholarship guys. You know, you sort of always see them go to the same place, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case as often anymore. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Braden Braden started off the season hot, then he kind of cooled off, and then that uh, at a Laguna I think was his best event of the year, which is a great way to end the season, right? Like to be absolutely up top, and I think he ended up leading the. Chris Griffiths test too. So uh, he finished off the season on a hot streak. What I liked about Braden was he was kind of challenged at the end. You know, he got on, he had the big streak at the start. Hunter McElroy came through the end of the season and really got, got strong there and to battle it out to Laguna Seca. And then, and then Braden had to really, you know, take the gloves off and fight for it. He really fought for it on that, on that, the start of the second race going for the championship. When I can't remember who's on the outside of him, but essentially Braden came out of one. And he was going to the he was going to the the exit point. Yep, first guy to the exit point. First, first guy to the exit point. It's turn three, right? Yeah, exactly. he drove down there and took it. Yeah, and like, no, Braden's best race of the year was his last race last year. Yes, he was a fan. You know, like to end the season that strong is awesome um, because you know it, it. It you're not used to racing a full season coming in as a rookie, and it 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 can be wearing on somebody, right? Like you know, it's not IndyCar, but it's still you know. You have to build up to these things, and you know, as you're as a rookie, you know, it start it does start to wear on you, you know, and especially if you've had some bad luck in the middle of the season, and you know, you're fighting hard for a championship. It shows a lot of mental toughness to come through and and drive your best race of the year as the last race when you needed to do that. So let's let's move next to, and I agree with you completely. Let's let's move next to Hunkos Racing. Obviously, they were very strong last year with Rasmuth Lint, uh, Stingray Rob. Um, they had a couple other drivers run third car as well. I, I told you I'd talk to Ricardo Hunkos. He's yep. telling me um, that they, they've done five days of testing since the end of the year. They have five guys right now that they're talking to. There's five options. He's expecting he's going to end up with at least two or three drivers next year. Again, very – again, we normally hear guys at Hunkos signing early, right? Right. No, it's, it's just it's because they're such a powerhouse team. What, nine combined wins last year? I think 14 pole positions in the in Indy Pro and yep. and Indy Lights. Like they've got like the pedigrees there, the championships are there, the equipment's all there, everything's there. Um, we just haven't heard any drivers, which is again, it's January the 31st as we record this this uh, this episode of the Insider. And Steve, it kind of sh- it surprises me that, that nobody's come out, but maybe they're just keeping everything so close to the vest again. Yeah, I think that's part of it, and I think they've had you know you've had some good drivers, you know, obviously drivers that would be you know, Hunkos type drivers like Colin Comiskey and, you know, Bray Neves and, you know, Parker Thompson and Corey, Ant- those kind of drivers have signed elsewhere to start to start things off. So yep. you know, I'm sure Ricardo's had to go deeper into the well on what uh, drivers are available. So, but yeah, no, I know he's tested a bunch of drivers, so we'll see, you know, I think uh, Matt Round Garrido was one, but he's already re-signed up for USF. So we'll scratch him off, but Parker Locke has tested for them. Um, Philippe Dennis has tested for them. So we'll see where they end up. But yeah, I fully expect them to end up with two to three cars again. That's what Ricardo told me last time I talked to him. And that's super interesting that you bring up the fact that they were kind of, remember you, you, you talk about Andretti being a destination seat. I, I really like that term that you, that you brought up a destination seat that if you, if you're coming out of whatever program, if you're coming out of Indy pro man, I want to get in that number 28 or I want to get into one of the Andretti cars, right? That's a destination seat. And let's be real. Hunkos has been that kind of thing too, right? Guys coming out of USF 2000, where do I go? I'm, I want to go to Hunkos. They've won championships. That's one of the places I want to go. And surprising maybe that they haven't locked guys, but you're right. And and we'll, you know what we'll do after this? We'll jump to the next. 
we'll jump to actually here in, in a couple seconds because that's probably why this didn't happen because Paps, Paps Racing moving and expanding from USF 2000 to Indy Pro, their two drivers, Hunter McElroy and Colin Kaminsky, stay with the team instead of going to Hunkos Racing, right? That would have been easily one of their potential stopping points, right? And then you've got RP who won the championship. So they're going to be another one that people are going to look at. So, yeah, it's not, you know, Hunkos is still a destination spot for that. Series. I mean, it's just they've won so many races and been so consistent. And Rasmus almost won the championship last year with them, and you know, yeah, and and I and, and, well, I was gonna say kudos to Augie Pabst. Like, right. Nicely done, right? Exactly. He was trying. He wanted to make the move last year uh, to to Indy Pro. Now he's got two drivers locked them in. Has that family atmosphere, and again, like you said, moving up with those guys. Those were a couple of drivers that probably could have went to other teams, whether it be RP or Hunkos Racing or whatever. They end up staying there. So we'll, we'll come back to there in a second. One thing I want, and I, I didn't wrap up Indy Lights the way I wanted to, because there are a couple of drivers who potentially could be on the Indy Lights field that we, or grid that we didn't talk about. One of them being Antonio Saravalli, yeah. who you know ran uh, last couple of years in the Indy Pro 2000 class. Had a, you know had a couple of flashes of brilliance. Yeah. I thought last year had a really good run in Toronto, but just you know, again he's here's a guy that could easily stay in Indy Pro 2000. Probably really good for him because I think he's only 17 years of age now. I really like the um, team with a with a team that's you know don't get me wrong what they've done as a family team is impressive. Uh, it's been really impressive actually. Um, but I'd love to see him run you know with a, a full bore team like an exclusive or a, you know a Hunkos or an RP yep. or yep. where you know they get you know he gets the chance to, to not worried about dad working on the car and dad's not you know it's just. A, it's a different situation, you know, nothing wrong with running your own team, but there's something to be said of just going and, and being prepared to race every weekend and not having to worry about other stuff. Well, and, and the, the, where I go with that was which connecting back to Indy lights is I actually messaged Antonio and he's telling me that they are doing everything they can to kind of find the budget to make the move to Indy lights. Now he wants to jump to Indy lights. He told me that they don't have the budget yet, but he, he believes he's going to be at St. Petersburg in an Indy lights car. So although we both believe Indy Pro 2000 will probably be the best bet for him, I think he would be another championship challenger. Okay. Sounds to me like he's trying to make that move up to Indy Lights as well. And again, you know, it's it's I get it because you know you you've got limited dollars to try and get yourself to Indy Car. You you know you've got to allocate them properly, and it's it's not easy to do, right? Like it's not easy. You know what happens if he comes back this year to Indy Pro and doesn't do well, right? Like it's yep. you know there's that always that that concern too, but. Yeah, it's a tough decision. I'm glad I'm not having to make the decision as parents. <laughs> so, and they're the other one. That, this is where I'm going to kind of segue off of us talking about Hunkos Racing. In your mind, it would be, hey, is one of the drivers Stingray Rob? Because right. Stingray, he and Rasmus went back and forth last year. I almost want to say that Stingray was more was maybe the more stronger driver over the last probably three races last year, two to three races last year. Really had a chance to win at Laguna Seca, if not for getting balked up. Did he get did, No, he didn't get balked up by a slower car. Car in front of him went off track, put yeah. some gravel on the track, and turn. What's that? Turn five. Yeah, right? turn five. yeah. The left fast left hander. Yep. He shoots straight up the right. There's no. There's no way Kyle Kirkwood's supposed to win that race. And that's oh, no. my God, what a what a scenario that is, right? Oh, it comes. It's crazy. So he ends up going off the racetrack. Well, uh, so Kirkwood takes the point lead. All he has to do is really finish the first lap, kind of thing, right? To right. be our, all he has to do is start the race to win the championship. Does the driver not go off the track, putting the gravel on the track? Uh, what do you call it? Um, Stingray goes off track. That allows Kyle to take the win. If Kyle finishes second, 
then he doesn't have the automatic win by starting Sunday. And the wreck that he had exactly. when his teammate Artem Petrov took everybody out in turn number two, right. that would have gave the championship to Rasmus Lynn. That's we didn't you and I didn't do a breakdown at the oh, I didn't do one, we didn't do one together, a breakdown after the well, after crazy. the Laguna race. That was absolutely crazy. Those it was, were, yeah, it was crazy. So anyway, Stingray, I, I messaged just messaged Stingray. They're working their tail off, still trying to come up with budget. He wouldn't tell me with who, he wouldn't tell me with what series. Good. So and Stingray will normally tell me. I've known the kids since he was nine. Normally, I know what's going on, but they are keeping things super quiet. So again, that's part of the program. Right, exactly. Um, you know, you mentioned Petrov. He's one I, you know, I know he's he's been, he's tested with Kunkos, and I think he tested back again with RP. So he's another one that, you know, he's talented, but he's got to, you know, he'll want, need to one that other drivers will be watching out for, for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's got some speed, so it's there. It's got to be harnessed. Um, and it's interesting, you know, a guy you we're talking about, we've been talking about Stingray and Hunkos. Well, look at how much Stingray developed as a driver with Hunkos in his one season. Oh, man. Like it's, yeah. And that's what Ricardo and, and Ernie Ganella there have done such a good job of is, is you go there and you become a better driver. I haven't, I can't remember one that hasn't become a better driver when they've gone there. So, you know, he's got that to sell too. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see guys going other places, but, um, we'll see. I don't, I expect whoever Ricardo ends up with to be challenging for a championship again. Well, as we, as we said, it was, it was uh, Artem Petrov obviously has a lot of speed. He overcooked it a couple times, twice in the, ter- in the opening corners of races, once at Portland, taking out Stingray Rob. And I believe, I think Stingray got involved in that one as well in, uh, in, in Laguna. I can't believe Stingray didn't win near the end of the season. He, I was just sure he was going to be the guy that was going to win, but just didn't, didn't pull the trigger. Let's transition now then, Steve, into Pabst Racing, because that was the one we kind of brought up, because the, the move of Pabst Racing coming up into Indy Pro 2000, as they expand from just USF 2000, the powerhouse team they have in the first level of the road to Indy, moving them up to level number two now in the PMA team by Tadis. The, the big call, as you said, they bring their two stud drivers who did such a great job last year, super good friends as well, uh, coming up to the ranks, and it's Colin Kaminsky and Hunter McElroy. Like you said, they probably could have ended up going to another one of these teams, but now they've got their own team, man. Has Hunter been confirmed? I think so. Okay. I'm almost certain. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not sure. If, if, he's, if, if he's back, he'll be there. That's for sure. Okay. I thought I thought it was it was a done deal. Maybe not. Well, I, don't, I think they're still searching for some budget, but. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah there you go. Still looking. But yeah, if he's, if he's back, he'll be back there. There's no fans about that. So. Well, is, no, it's, again, it's. Do you start? Does a guy like Hunter start the season? If you got a minimum, let's say you got half the budget, do you start the season, win a couple of races to have a little feather in your cap to take to the next sponsor? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with if you're a good driver and you don't have the budget, just, you know, team owners, close your ears. If you don't have the budget to, you know, finish the season, start it. Um, you never know what'll happen. Uh, That's it's, true. It's worth it. Um, you know, look at a guy like Parker Thompson last year, right? He's on a one race deal to start the season. And he contends for the championship all year, right? So, you know, it's one of those things where you've just got to try and, you know, get your foot going and get, you know, like as you said, get a, get a couple good results that you can take back to some sponsors and supporters and say, hey, you know, how about you be, jump on board with this? We need some help to finish the season. So let's just say Colin Kaminsky's confirmed. Maybe Hunter McElroy's not. Regardless, uh, I, I look for them to be pretty good out of the gate. I do. Tony's Casa, Tony's Casamets and the crew there know and, and Augie know what's going on. They know it's set cars up. And it's again the cool factor is it's essentially the same car, right? It's the right. same chassis, same tub. 
more brakes, more tires, more aero downforce, more horsepower. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, those guys know their know their stuff, and I expect Pass to be good out of the gate. I do. Really and they were quick at Chris Griffiths too, right, right out of the gate. Their first real experience with that car. So yeah, no, I expect them to be quick, very quick, right out of the gate. So again, a lot of people tight lipped. We don't have anybody confirmed for RP. No one confirmed for Hunkos, the two essentially powerhouse teams last year. One driver at, ex- at Exclusive Autosport, the other powerhouse team that was up front quite a bit. Um, they got four cars confirmed at D Force Racing. Crazy, isn't it? I think it's isn't it wild. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's great. Um, it's, yeah, me it's, too. And they showed a bit of pace. They, it was an interesting year for those guys. I expected them to be a lot quicker. And, um, you know, they started to get the pace back a little bit later on in the season. But, uh, you know, those two guys, Moises De La Vera and Corey Anders, are both better than where they finished the championship. At least in my mind, they are. Yeah. Um, you know, Corey had a couple really good results at the end of the season, which he was so excited about. Um, and, you know, Moises just has to, you know, Moises is quick. He just needs to keep it on track. Um, he needs to take care of his car. Yep, yes. he does. And it's not just, it's not just you know, damage. It's keeping care of the tires. And, you know, he's just got to learn how to be a little more patient and early in the race so that he can be better later in the race. But, you know, bringing on someone like Parker Thompson there, that's going to help that a lot. So here, here's your lineup, folks. It's Corey Anders and Moises De La Vera back again. They they with they were with the team D-Force Racing um, in USF 2000. They moved up and ran with the Indy Pro 2000 category as well. They'll be back again in 2020. Parker Thompson will be with his what? Is this now his, I want to say this is now his fifth different team. Yes. In, in the road to Indy. Yes, it is. Started with JDC Motorsports, moved to Cape Motorsports, then moved over to Exclusive Autosport last year with Able, Able Motorsports. So his fifth different team continues to do so well. And, and, and listen, what Parker did with Exclusive Autosport over the last two years, absolutely amazing. Put together, helped them put together their USF 2000 program, helped them put together their Indy Pro program. And they did the same thing last year with Able Motorsports. Parker's going to be a really, really good influence under that tent. He really is. And it's, you know, people are, you know, it's a sixth season and he's still an Indy pro and, but Parker's still only 21, right? So when he starts a season, but he's still only 21 and it's not like he, he, what second, third, second, third in the championship, the last four years, Parker's one of those kids that he's an IndyCar talent. He's just been against some fantastic competition. And then, you know, he can, he was competitive with, a first-year exclusive Autosport USF 2000 team, a first-year exclusive Autosport Indy Pro team, first-year Able Motorsports Indy Pro. Yep, that's it. Right? Like, this is actually probably the most, you know, in four years, this is the most established team he's been with. In the last, you know, through the last three seasons have been first-year programs, so. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And so I always say this, Parker, no one's done more in the road to Indy in the 10 years of the program that with less than Parker Thompson. Sure. He simply doesn't have the money. We know that his parents, they did the best they could in, in USF 2000 to, to do the best they could. At that point they were out. It was up to him. Yep. And like you said, it, the, being able to get into those first year programs has pushed him as a driver, which I think is amazing. He's had to, he hasn't been able to jump behind the wheel of a car like he did in Cape Motorsports, his second year of USF 2000, when he battled it out with Anthony Martin for the title, right. only to lose with the flat tire at mid Ohio. He's been the guy that's had to dig and work and figure things out. And they've been great. So like last year with Abel, dominate St. Petersburg. And they struggled for a little while. They just couldn't get their stuff together. Horrible at the road. At They were they were lost on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He ends up getting a couple of top five finishes yep. out of it coming from nowhere, right? So this this could be really interesting for him. Now, it's it's the second year for DeForest, correct, in the Indy Pro, uh, right? Uh, yes. 
Yeah, they ran a few races the season before, but yeah. So they've got some data, and like you said, they were pretty strong at the end of the season. Yep. Good on the ovals, too. I thought that – I kudos to D-Force. Yeah. They were absolute badasses at Gateway last year. Yeah, they were. Um, right? They were. And they, you know, as I said, they got better as the season went on. So yep. I expect that same thing to continue as this season goes on. They just seem to – and they seem to be, you know, they seem – they want to win, right? The Martinez brothers want to win. Um, you know, you can tell it really bothers them not to win, you know. A lot of you guys will know David Martinez, but uh, his brother, um, they, they, you know, they want to win. Um, yeah. And they, you know, they keep bringing on better and better people as they move up um, as far as not just crew, but engineers. So we'll see. Um, and I know um, Jonathan Yorge, JJ, is working with Parker and the team this year. He's worked with just about everybody who's won in the last few years. So I worked with Kyle Kirkwood last year and Oliver Askew and year before that and Renus VK last year. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with Parker. Um, you know, Parker, you know, doesn't need a whole lot of help, but you know, if there's, if anybody can help him, it's going to be JJ because he's worked with these great drivers where he can, you know, pass on some of the knowledge from them. Well, fourth driver that we have not mentioned yet, graduating up from USF 2000, Manuel Suleiman will be with the team as well. And he'll be kind of the junior member. Uh, you know, Parker's got more experience than the, the other guys. And then Enders and uh, Enders and DeLavera have been with the team for a while. So Manuel can come in, I would hope, would come in with, with really low expectations, learn the race car, learn from everybody around him, and just finish races. I think that would be the best thing for Manuel. I agree. And he showed some pace last year. Um, and he actually, you know, his racecraft was interesting to me. Sometimes it was fantastic and sometimes it wasn't. So, you know, he's going to have to learn that way. But um Again, you know, it's kind of cool. He's a Mexican driver with a with a Mexican team, and I think that that you know it worked last year. You could tell the pride right there, and it's um, yep. you know I think it's a really cool story. And I think you know I thought he drove really you know there were times when he drove really well last year, especially on the street courses, right? Like he was really solid on the street courses, and to me that you know that kind of says a lot when you when you have good results on the street courses because those are Agreed. probably the toughest races you're going to have all year. So yeah. Most definitely. So let's have a look at the remainder of the grid. I think we're going to see between what fourteen and sixteen at St. Petersburg. Steve, is that yeah, that's kind of where I have it? Um, what? So here, let, let me kind of you know, ra- uh, wrap it up. Fat Boy Racing will be back. Charles Finelli. I'm told. Uh, I spoke with Brendan Puderbach, team manager, uh, earlier today. So Charles Finelli will be back with Fat Boy Racing. Uh, obviously, got better and better throughout the season last year. Uh, just messaged earlier today with Jacob Abel. Not sure exactly what level the whole program is going to be at able motorsports this year after doing the full season with Jacob and Parker last year. He said, Jacob tells me he's pretty sure he'll be at St. Pete, uh, legacy Autosport at this point. They have, they have a couple of PM 18s that they're work. We'll talk more about them in USF 2000, but no drivers at this time, although they have cars ready. Uh, what else have I got? Oh, Jacob Loomis, who ran a couple of years last year with that, uh, you know, that papaya orange, um, McLaren orange car. He said he'll he'll definitely be in the Indy Pro 2000 series at some point this year, but was not able to pick, uh, you know pinpoint whether right. he'd start the season. It doesn't sound like he's going to be doing a full season, same as he did last year. So right, and I talked to think- Jay Howard, and he said it highly unlikely they'll be running Indy Pro, and then HMD has sold their Indy Pro equipment, so they're out too. So HMD sold their USF 2000 stuff right as well. Yeah, did they not. Yeah, so they've got just, they're just just lights now. Yeah, they're just Indy lights now. There you go. That is, anything else that I missed there, bud? Nope, I think you got it all. All right, let's move into USF 2000 now. And there's a there's a bunch of a bunch of teams that are locked and loaded. Let's start, of course, with the uh, 
with Cape Motorsports, uh, Dominic and Nicholas Cape, the what uh, they won what, nine of the last ten championships, I think, or nine nine direct. Yes, yeah, got to go back to Sa- yeah. got to go back to Sage Carib, right? Yeah, exactly. Last, last guy not to be yeah. to be a Cape guy. Yeah. Uh, just announced they moved. They've actually moved from St. Petersburg. Kind of caught me off guard. They moved to St. Petersburg to Brownsburg. That too, but you know, that, that, that surprised surprise you? That surprised me a little bit, but because uh, they've been in St. Petersburg for as long as it's where they first landed when they moved here. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it surprised me a little bit, but I just I imagine costs, right? The travel and everything is just so much better, and it's easier to get crew from here as well. So, um, you know, I expect them. I think did they move out to Brownsburg? Correct. They're in Brownsburg, yeah, yeah, they're in Brownsburg, which is just what ten miles from the speedway. So yeah, right. again, and it will help, like you said, so much closer to Road America, to of course Indy, okay. to Mid Ohio, to I Gateway. It's it, it really is. Like, yeah, you know, being back in Florida is a tough haul. Um, you know, is a really tough haul. So let's talk about the drivers that they they have two drivers uh, signed right now. I'm I'm told that it's going to end up being four. That's the news I'm hearing. But two drivers officially involved. We won't. Uh, we'll speculate on the one after this, but not the other. Um, Josh Green, Team USA driver, uh, uh, signed and and, uh, and announced for Cape Motorsports. What do you make of Josh Green? I, I'm excited to see how he does. I think he's got a lot of talent. Uh, talent. He came out of uh, F1600, which you know me. I have a soft spot for old Formula 4. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, and, man, those guys learn racecraft in that series. Like it's You just watch those races, and Josh would have been involved in – epic races every single time he got on in the car last year and that that tends to go a long way when you get up to usf 2000 where you don't you don't have to learn the racecraft you you understand the racecraft right but you've done it and you can also communicate better with the you know with the engineers with dominic and nicholas to you know at least on the mechanical side of things you you've got an idea of what the car should do mechanically uh, because that's all you've got with f1600 so i you know i'm really excited to see how he does he's a great kid too so like every i also actually usually usually very very well-rounded young man yeah i also think that the move to the usf 17 made it uh, a, a smoother transition for f1600 drivers because obviously the the, the 17 far less aerodynamic downforce yeah. than the than the earlier cars obviously to try to see if we can't get rid of some of that aero wash yep. so it'll be an easier transition for josh Team USA scholarship member as well did a great job overseas at the, at the festival um, and at the Walter Hayes Trophy. So I, yeah, I think I'm bullish on what he's going to be able to do. It should be interesting to see how he comes out of the gate. They also signed Kyle Dupel, who ran a full season two years ago, I believe, with Team Pelfrey. Ran a couple races last year with Newman Walks Racing. Kyle out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm glad he's back for a full season. I am going to do it. Do it right, exactly. And you do it right with Cape, and that's kind of what you do. You go the best team and you see where you stand right like you see what what how you stand and i expect him to be to do quite well you know he showed some pace when he's been in the car so uh he's probably hungry because he wasn't in the car full season last year so i expect him to come out of the gate strong like cape always does at st petersburg right yeah um okay so there's two more seats we're being told i'm not really sure what the four seat is at this point here but i've got some feelers out for it but we expect to see reese gold Right. back with the team for his second year, right? They haven't announced him yet, but I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Reese there uh, as, as, a, as a, and I think Reese is going to be really good too. Only 15 years of age. Remember, he was one of the 14-year-olds last year. Yep. Three 14-year-olds in, in uh, Jack Crawford, Nolan Siegel. So Reese will be 15. Uh, and again, so he's got lots of time in this program. He can come back to USF 2000 again next year, but running with Kate with a full season under his belt, he got stronger, Steve, near the end of the season. 
starting to knock out those top tens, right? Running top six at a time, battling it out uh, with other older teammates like Braden Eves, like uh, Darren Keene. I think uh, he's recently pretty good this year. Yeah, I do too. And it, I think what impressed me most about him last year, and they're one of the other like young kids too, we'll talk about him later, but uh, Braden was, or uh, Reese was one of, I think, three drivers to complete every lap last year. So that's, no, to me, that's huge, right? Like that. Should, Agreed. Okay. Yeah. You can, you know, you didn't lose a lap. You didn't make any big mistakes, you know? So now it's time that he, you know, there'll be a point in this probably the season where he's going to have to start to get a little bit aggressive. Um, and like you said, he had some good results later in the, later in the year last year. So. Um, I expect it to, the same thing to happen again. Okay, so let's move to one of the, obviously the powerhouse, one, essentially one of the powerhouse teams last year for sure, Pabst Racing. We talked already about the fact that they uh, have made the move into the Indy Pro 2000 category. At least one of the drivers from last year confirmed, Colin Kaminsky. Those drivers were so good last year in USF 2000. They're going to line up three confirmed drivers this year. And it's a really interesting thing for me, Steve, and we'll be able to talk about it. Returning driver, Yuvin Sundaramurthy. Yep. Only 17 years of age, I believe now. Yep. And you bring in Eduardo Barrichello, who will be running for his third different team in USF 2000. And then you got Matt Round Garrido, who was obviously a, a highly regarded F1600 driver in Europe, came over here and ran some USF 2000, ran some Indy Pro at the end of the season last year, coming back to USF 2000 with a new team with Pabst. What do you make of this three driver lineup? It'll be interesting. It's, I, it's yeah. fascinating to me because I think Senna Maruthi, he's the other one I was, we were talking about that I talked about that completed every lap last year. Um, and again, he showed some real promise. You know, he did some nice top 10 results and uh, he started to get more aggressive in the second half of the season, which was great to see. Um, you know, he's got, he's, you know, he's got some good pace and he just, he's a very, very intelligent young man. Um, and, you know, he's one of those ones that he probably almost overthinks it. Uh, but coming back to a track a second time, I think will make a huge difference for someone like him. Like yeah. you, you, he ran um, mid Ohio two years ago with exclusive in, in USF. And then when by far his best results this year were at mid Ohio or last year were mid Ohio. So, you know, he's one, he seems to be one of those kids that when he comes back to a track a second time, I expect him to be, you know, in the podium, positions quite a bit this year just because he's very consistent um and now he knows he's been there and done that once so that's my thought on him but i'm not sure what you think well here's a question that i always ask and i'll ask you even this after we get done st petersburg it's it's look back and compare yourself to now exactly. and compare yourself to the Uven you were at the start of 2018 yep. the interesting dynamic of at paps racing was the fact that you had these four drivers right you had uh, and a couple older drivers um, actually, they were all older than you, but he was only 16 years of age. You had kind of the, I, I call her the kind of the mama bear, the big sister, right? That was Bruna Tomaselli. Uh, and then you had the two goofuses in uh, in Hunter McAray and Colin Kaminsky. Super good guys, big, big personalities. Oh, huge. But they were kind of like, the, they were like the older brothers, yeah. right? And they, they took Yuvin under his wing. They tried to make him eat real food. Yeah. Um, it was, I think, now, of course, Kaminsky and McAray, Kaminsky will be there for sure. If we confirm Mac, they'll still be in the tent. Exactly. They'll still be there, but this will be kind of Yuvin's opportunity to kind of step out from beneath that big brother, big sister thing. Yep. Right. The, the dynamic will be a bit different because he'll be, he'll be, I don't, I don't think he's, he's not going to lead the team because Matt round Garrido's an older guy with a ton yep. of experience and good speed. And then you got Eduardo. I just think there's going to be, a, it'll be such a different dynamic for Yuvin, but he will be, he'll be a different guy in St. Petersburg than he was when he tried to roll out, out on, off the grid yep. on Thursday last year. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right? Yeah, it'll be really interesting. You know, it'll be, he, you know, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see those three 
how those three, I think they could get along really well because they're both, both, I do too. You know, Eduardo and Matt Round Garrido are, are both, you know, gregarious, you know, not outgoing guys, but they have good personalities. So, and so does Juven. So I think, you know, there's a chance that it'll be a lot like last year where it's, you know, very, there's some good camaraderie and they push each other, right? Like um, last year, you know, Juven sort of didn't, Juven, the, the two guys, Colin and Hunter sort of pushed each other. And, you know, this time, and I think, you know, it was interesting. I think Bruno and Juven push each other a little bit too. Agreed. Um, yes. I think this year, all three guys will push each other. It won't just be, you know, two and two. It'll be all, all of them will be in a group together. Well, and they're, and they're all essentially second year exactly. USF 2000 drivers. Eduardo, of course, ran a, you know, the, the splits, the splits here or the split team deal. So they're all their second year in the program now, which will help both. And again, the bottom line is they're going to jump into fantastic race cars because Paps oh. has the setup down. They got their cars to where they need to be. They'll be, they'll be cars that are capable of winning. Yep. Every weekend. Exactly. Agreed? I agree. Oh, yeah, no fans are about to vote it. Okay, so let's go to the team that debuted last year and debuted hugely with a guy that I think out of the gate is going to be the, the, the primary championship contender, and that's Christian Rasmussen running with Jay Howard Driver Development. Uh, this is a kid that, that knows how to win. He will race hard, but he races smart too, I think. Got a couple of, couple of big wins last year, strong down the season, end of the season. Jay Howard uh, Driver Development, four pilots. In the under the tent, Christian Rasmussen, second year driver Christian Bogle, Nolan Siegel moving over from Newman Walks. He's going to run with them as well. I think I would be surprised to see him do some more F four racing with them too. He ran at the uh, he ran at the race at Coda, the Formula One weekend down in Austin, and Wyatt Brickacheck as well. Great to have Wyatt with us. He made a debut last year at the end of the season, and I think Wyatt, I think Wyatt will be a dark horse this year to, to be a top ten guy on a regular basis. I agree. It's an interesting yeah. lineup for sure. You know, Christian it is Christian definitely leads leads the way there. Like I, like you said, he's for me, he's the championship favorite going in, um, which is unusual that it's not someone with, uh, we'll see who Cape ends up with as their fourth. But right now, as we sit, he's probably my favorite to win the championship. And I don't know the last time that it wasn't someone at Cape or Paps for me, that wasn't the favorite. So um, I agree. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how they, if they can back up what they did last year it was impressive. It took them a, you know, a couple events to kind of get their, their, under them in USF 2000, but once they did, man, they, he was good. It was he's yeah. Good. Come come, to, come Toronto, Oof, yeah, he was ready. Yeah. Um, and that bodes well a little bit for St. Petersburg coming out of the gate, right? Because they've got that data from St. Petersburg. They got that data from Toronto as well. Very similar tracks in terms of sight lines and how bumpy the racetrack is. Um, and Christian, okay, so let's. Bogle's an interesting, like, I, yeah, he was probably the most improved driver throughout the year last year. He had a long way to go. He started out really in a low spot. But he got better and better and better and better, and it he's taking it. He's he's a big kid, you know. As a big guy myself, I get what he's trying to do, right? It's not yeah. easy, you know. He's never going to be, you know, 150 pound kid. That's just not the way it works, right? Like I don't think I was under 190 pounds ever in my life. It's just the way it worked, right? Even when I was playing sports. So yeah. he's worked himself into such great shape, and he, you know, he drove the full USF season last year. He drove the full F4 season. He's testing Indy Lights now. He's doing the right thing. He's getting as much seat time as he can. And he won two F4 races at, at Coda last year to end the season. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how his confidence is coming into the season. I expect a step up. You know, I do, do I expect him to win races? I, I'm not sure. Probably not. But I sure expect to see him fighting for top 10s, top 5s. Which is, I agree. To me, is fascinating because he's worked so I know how hard he's worked at it, and I appreciate that. 
and I think that that big weekend at Austin last year in the F1 weekend, where it was the, when you taste victory for the first oh. time against a big field of drivers in F4, yep. uh, I guarantee you he'll. And again, like you said, momentum and confidence. I use those two words so much when I'm talking about the road dandy because it takes confidence in these young drivers to be able to perform. And then once you do get that performance, once you do get a top ten, a podium, a top, whatever it is, or a win, man, the momentum just spools up. How many times? Steve, do we see a kid win a race, his uh, first race? Exactly. And he goes on a streak, yep. right? Seems to happen all the time. Nolan Siegel, I think, had a great run last year, too. Uh, he was consistent all year long, but again, 14 years of age. He ran with uh, Jay Howard down in the F4 race and had some success there. Uh, so he'll jo- stay with that team here for this year. We'll see what Nolan can do. I could think I think he could be a top 10 guy. I think uh, that's a possibility. But again, you look at all the drivers, and I don't know where everybody's going to shake out. No, I don't. It's going to be an interesting. You, it's an interesting. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting USF 2000 season. Very interesting. So, what else we got here? Let's move to D-Force, right? D-Force. D-Force, yep. right? They've uh, D-Force Racing has confirmed one driver yep. that I know of, Kiko Porco, Porto. Yep. Um, do you know anybody? Anybody else potentially coming in? Um, they always talked about, and I'm going to butcher his name because I have not met him. Guillaume Gu- Gu- Pexido. He drove with them in F4 last year too. Yeah. Um, yep. They talked about. Both those guys moving up, so um, be good to see him. I think he finished top seven or eight in F four. So um, and Pico Francisco Porto finished second, winning. He won a bunch of races, so yeah. um, it'll be interesting in F four. So it'll be interesting. I think, expect him to do quite well out of the gate, just because I think he's pretty talented. Uh, no drivers yet confirmed for exclusive auto sports. Um, obviously. Some names being bandied around, but nobody confirmed yet. Um, I was wondering whether or not we'd see Kellen Ritter come back. Kellen ran for the team, won the championship in Ontario and Quebec, the US, uh, the, the F1600 program a couple of years ago. Uh, ran, he run just Portland last year, I think. Yeah, I think he ran just Portland last year with the team in USF 2000. I know they're, they're working hard to try to put the budgets together, but that's really all I've heard so far from Exclusive Autosport. Again, I spoke with Legacy. They supposedly have a couple of drivers they're talking to. But nobody confirmed yet for Legacy Autosports. Miller Vinatieri Motorsports, though, does have their drivers locked and loaded. Jack Miller the third and Max Kesner will be with that team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, Jack William does in his second season. Um, you know, he's definitely got some tape, some good pace, and whatever they did with him last year, he started off the season. It was all it was. I feel the team. It was hard. It was tough. He had a lot of DNFs early, but. He sort of slowed down to speed up and to finish races, and that's what he needs to continue to do this year. He's still, is he 16 now, I think? So, um, you know, he's so young, and I just, I'd like to see him, you know, probably another another year, two years in in USF would be great for him. Um, And, you know, I think this year the goal should be, you know, by the end of the season he was consistently competing for top 10s. This year he needs to be competing for top 5s. And I think he's actually still just 15. I think he was 14 to start the season last year and then and then turned 15 midway through the year. So he's still 15 years of age. So again, so much more time yeah. uh, for Jack for sure. I don't know a lot about Max Kesner, but I'm going to do some research on that this week to kind of get up to speed. Have you done any of that yet? No, I haven't done a ton on it, so I'm not uh, super, you know, up to on him. Yep. But he did, he did test with them at the um, Chris Griffiths test, and he was he was right in the ballpark, so... I expect him to be, it'll be fine. It'll be interesting to see how that team does this year. Um, I know they've, you know, it's obviously father and son always makes for interesting dynamics. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, you know, as a 15 year old, man, I can't remember. I, 
15 year old, I couldn't imagine myself doing what these kids are doing. So, you know, they, you know, I expect him to grow up a little bit and to be that much better. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch again. You know, it's, I love having the second generation drivers involved. It's a lot of fun. Uh, last the team on my notes, uh, no drivers yet. So, uh, shocker to me, uh, Newman walks racing, probably one of the best prepared teams, the most professional teams in the paddock, yep. uh, have no drivers signed at this point and talking to Brian Hallahan. I think they were in conversation with a lot of drivers talking to drivers, testing drivers, but, but they went other directions, right. uh, for, for you know, probably obvious reasons, budget, right? A lot of guys will come in, they want drivers, they cut a budget down to get somebody in. Um, and Newman walks again, just, the pedigree of that team, John Hayes is the engineer, great staff. Uh, they're shaggy. Their mechanic won mechanic of the year last year. Um, so they've got everything in place, but no drivers at this point here for Newman walks. I'm hearing a potential driver for a couple of races, St. Petersburg, maybe the first two or three races of the year. Um, but yeah, if you're a driver looking for a team, Newman walks racing, sitting there ready to go. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah and I missing anybody? A couple other, a couple drivers on my list that we do. Yep, I got one. Not sure. Preg- I got one. Campbell is one. Who's that? Prescott Campbell. I agreed. Prescott. I, he's going to land somewhere. He's got the scholarship, right? From Lucas Oil Racing School. School of Racing champion and has that scholarship. Uh, yeah, I expect him, fully expect him to land somewhere. I know he's been talking to a bunch of teams. So um, Michael Myers from that series as well. I expect to, you know, I don't know if he'll do a full season, but I know they're looking at doing some stuff. So um be good to see him move up. He's got an fascinating story last you know he's came from atv racing um and you know came in second in the just missed out on the uh lucas oil school of racing championship by four points i think so yeah. um expect him and there's jack dorsey was in that series as well there's some kids coming out of that series that i expect might be might be at least doing some race day you know i don't mind you know in the past it, it, it wasn't great when guys didn't do full seasons but i you know i've i've softened on the fact that you know what if you can afford to do you know not the full season. It's not the worst thing in the world for you to do. Um, to get- Especially if you can do a race that's, that's the track you really like, right? Go somewhere where where the track's not the 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 track's not the uh, the outlier. It's not it's not the it's not the different thing. It's that thing you've got locked. I know the track, right? Now let me get you to start. Yeah, it's a constant, right? Yeah. Uh, the other one, I, the other one I have down, and I've messaged with him. I've been following this kid racing. He was actually on the podium, I believe, at the Super Nationals one year with uh, Colton Herta. <laughs> It's Christian Brooks, one of the top drivers, young carters that came out, ran with Jay Howard last year um, in, in the F4 category and was impre- very, very impressive. Christian tells me he's coming USF 2000 racing, but would not divulge which team. Okay. Yet. So that's, he's going to be a dark horse for sure oh. when he gets in. Because if we look at being able to run at the very front of top level karting these days, and that being what, Braden Eves did, who's a pro tour winner. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood, Oliver Askew. That's all these guys did that. They were, they were, you know, they were 17, 18 year old senior drivers in top level national karting before moving to cars, because that's where you, you can learn the racecraft there. That that's Christian Brooks. Christian Brooks is a guy that anytime he rolls, I picked him to win the super nationals this year. Didn't quite come through, but he was in the top three for majority of the race, top two. So he's going to be a guy that this guy could be the next coming of Oliver Askew and Cal Kirkwood and Braden Eves. Well, I'm really interested where he's going to end up to see how it's going to shake down. Yeah. And I mean, there's some other guys coming out of F4 that I'm not sure where I've got to get on that and kind of get in touch with someone like Joshua Carr, right? Who won that championship. Yep. Yep. I'd be surprised if he's not in F3 because he's the championship 
F4 winner, but well, he's also he's also very connected with crosslink competition, right? Crosslink uh, Joshua Carr, a former Super Nationals winner as well, uh, but crosslink competition is the team he runs, right? Key, crosslink Kiwi competition. Uh, they have a karting program as well, crosslink competition that Sean Owens runs. A great team, uh, Spree chassis, and uh, and we see Josh in a lot of the races. He actually comes out, so he's I think he's pretty connected with that team, right? So uh, he's probably F three if crosslink is going to be an F three. Yes, uh, Jose Blanco is another name that. I've been kind of digging around and trying to see what he's going to end up doing. He's down in um, New Zealand right now running the Toyota Racing Series down there um, with Spike Kohlbecker's the other American down there that I'm trying to watch what those guys are doing. But other than that, it's, you know, there's, there'll be a few surprise names like there always is, right? So we don't. Well, again, folks, this, this is the, our kind of preseason preview. We are what, uh, just just about a month away from the spring training at, at, at Miami Homestead or Homestead Miami Speedway. Keep getting back and forth because when I'm down there, I got to talk about the cart track because that's where I'm going next week. And back to the cart track, but then it, that's AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex. Okay, yeah, too many, too many things for me. Um, but Steve, man, uh, it good start. Like, yeah, you know the bottom. The bottom line is we're, we threw a lot of names out here: ten to twelve cars in Indy Lights. Let's say twelve to sixteen, fourteen to sixteen potentially in Indy Pro Two Thousand, probably sixteen to eighteen, maybe. Yep. In our 15, 15, maybe say 15 to 20, a, bro- a broader window in uh, in USF 2000. Because as you said at the very start, this is the kind of thing where everybody's kind of locked in. And then when other budgets in Europe or whatever, things don't, people don't get the team they want, whatever. All of a sudden, people start looking over here and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll do this. So we'll see. Exactly. Uh, one more thing that we didn't throw out there that I know has been talked to week one, maybe two teams is Aaron Teeler. Yeah, you think? Have you heard, have you heard any buzz about Aaron potentially coming back? I, yeah. We both know that IndyCar is his focus, right? He wants to get the IndyCar, but he doesn't want to get an IndyCar. And he's definitely, you know, he's hooked in with um, Vassar Sullivan and their uh, Lexus program and yeah. the Tech Sports Car Series and doing the, I know he did the Daytona race and he's not sure what other race he's going to do with them. Hopefully he wants to do all the uh, endurance races, but, you know, he, he's open. He's open to coming back to Indy Lights. Um you know, he doesn't have much budget for that because he's, you know, he's putting everything towards he really wants to be an IndyCar. And, you know, being with Sully and Vassar is probably the best way to do that um, since those guys do have an IndyCar program. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me. if, And, again, like last year maybe. Maybe he comes in and does a few races to help a team out. Um, he's one of those. Like winning Toronto. Right, right. He's plug and play, right? He's, you know. He's not. You know, the, the thing I thought was very interesting, and yes, he's very plug and play. And let's just, let's just, we'll wrap kind of up on this because it's interesting. Um, the, I almost want to say Teelitz coming to Toronto was the, was the turning point of the 2019 Indy Lights season. It was. Because, because he rolls out there. Bellardi's always been good at Toronto. Felix Rosenquist, of course, double winner there. Aaron Teelitz rolls in and ends up winning the first race at Toronto. Yep. Solid job. Second race, he's leading again, and he's battling with Renus VK. And it was the one chink in the armor yeah. of Renus VK over the over his what three years in the program. He just you, know, you and I used to always talk about how, and still will. I mean, we're going to talk about it in IndyCar. Yeah. His consistency, yeah. he doesn't make mistakes. His racecraft is fantastic. His decision making is great. The one chink in the armor was him trying to go to trying to uh, outbreak. Aaron Tielitz into turn number three at Toronto in the second race. He didn't need to do it. Nope. He's not in the championship battle with, with him. Finishing second ahead of Oliver Askew is a win. Instead, he ends up in the tires. 
Oliver rolls, rolls through. Yep. I think I think that oh, yeah, ba- definitely the turning point. The pendulum, the balance of power yep. turned right there on that Sunday afternoon in Toronto. I thought that was a, a great story on the, on the year. And, and, wow, you know what? I, let's throw Tealitz back in the hat. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Who else can hey, who else can we throw back in the hat? I don't know. I love throwing hey. Anti and Tealitz back in. I think they're both talented enough to be IndyCar drivers. So what about Clayman? What about Clayman DeMello? I I see him back. I you know what? I have not talked to him. I don't know what's up with him. Um, I'll reach out. Yeah, I should probably do that. I haven't talked to him in a while, so probably reach out. Here's here's one for you. The guy's uh, he's not racing much this year. Let's get Hinchcliffe back in the car. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> remember, he talked about. Remember, there was the, was yeah. it the first year of the I, the Delara IL50? He talked about running the finale at Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca, that's right. He did. Remember that? Um, yep. I think he might be involved in Indy Lights in some way, shape, or form. But that's all I'm going to say. That'd be cool. I mean, that'd be super cool. I, I, he, and I, he and I actually talked a little bit about him doing some chassis testing for ecardinews.com as well, which nice. I think would be nice. awesome full circle. That'd be really cool. Yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot going. He's got on the two IndyCar races right now, um, but that's about it right now. So I expect, I'll see if I, I expect you'll see him at the uh, track a lot, though. So. I was going to say, I'll see if I can't drag Hinchcliffe out to the, the cart track in Hamilton because I think we're going to try to see if we can't. I'm pretty sure we're going to see uh, Robbie Wickens maybe getting in a cart this summer. Oh. So. How awesome would that be? It would be it would be amazing for sure. I'm going to do a lot of driving over there with Trevor Wickens, I think, this year, and uh, yeah, that'd be really cool. We need to get, get get the band back together. Exactly, man. Those getting getting the IndyCar guys involved is kind of it's huge, right? Like it really it is. Yeah. Um, and you know, kudos to guys like, like he won't Scott Dixon will not tout toot his own horn, and Hunter's not going to you know tell everybody that Scott, you know, he not a mentor necessarily, but Scott's paying attention and Scott, you know, Scott will talk to, to a guy like Hunter McElroy, another fellow Kiwi, right? Like, yeah, yeah I love that stuff. And it, I love that. Right. Like, I think it's awesome. You know, even very, very, someone like- a very similar last year with Will Power and Cameron Shields. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like it's having that support, even if it's not monetary, if it's just, you know, helping, you know, with racecraft or helping with the mental side of things, having the IndyCar drivers involved and, and trust me, I get why they don't want to because these kids are their competition, right? Like they are. Eventually, they will be. You know, you have eventually they will be. Yeah. Some of the older guys, right? Like a guy like TK now, right? Someone like him to get you know involved. Bourdais, you know, those kind of guys that are sort of okay. These kid in USF isn't going to take my job three years down the road because I'm not going to be an IndyCar anymore. That's it. The guys I like that. Get involved, right? So. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it. I know that we put this off. I tried to do it a week ago, and life gets crazy. But I appreciate you taking the time here on a Friday afternoon. I think it's almost time to crack a cold one. Yeah. Yeah, 2.30. You think? Yeah. 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 Watch, watch a little letter, Kenny. Exactly. Oh, letter, Kenny's great. <laughs> well, listen, dude, we are, again, we're, what, uh, six weeks away from the start of the season. I know I've started listening to old Indy Lights broadcasts uh, to get myself up, get my notes going. I'll be listening to all the IndyCar broadcasts as well. A lot of stuff going on. The uh, Road to Indy TV stepping things up. I don't know what I'm jumping into right now because they've got a lot of new stuff coming. We've got some pre-race shows. I think you and I are going to be involved in that as well. Yep. Um, it's going to be a great year. It'll I, be fun. I can't wait. I love, honestly, I love covering the Road to Indy. It's my favorite thing to do at the tracks. So um, I love that you involve me in this stuff. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the passion is there for you and me. And there's, uh, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to meet. Hey, you know what? Hey, we get one more race this year too. Eleven races this year. Exactly. Thanks, awesome. right? Yeah. We're going so because we're going to we're going to Coda, Coda? Uh, with Barber. USF 2000 and Indy Pro, and Barber with Indy Lights this year. Yep. Back to Barber. Yeah. Barber. Back, back to barbecue. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, did you hey, Steve, thanks again, buddy. I appreciate it. Didn't you? you missed the barbecue in Alabama. I did. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Steve Wojtek, ladies and gentlemen, TSOLadder.com. Hey, Steve, do you want to give a quick shout-out for Trackside Online as well? Um, sure. If you're an IndyCar fan, you can uh, subscribe to TracksideOnline.com. Um, you have to pay for that one. It's 22 bucks a year, but uh, we try and get you a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff and sort of the story behind the stories, and it's uh, – you know, we some travel stuff. It's a lot of fun. I know Rob, you uh, subscribe, and there's quite a few. We have quite a few insiders subscribe, so it's sort of that. It's news for hardcore fans. I will say this right now, and and, I, and it's the one thing I look over. I read your uh, when because you, you're sending stuff out every night, and it's yeah. obviously for me with my IndyCar stuff when I'm doing IndyCar radio. I make sure I read yours and Patrick's stuff every time because there's all, there's inevitably something that I missed or didn't pick up. Uh, because I was doing another session, whatever it may be. There's so much information on the emails you guys send out, plus all the PR that goes out. If you're an IndyCar fan, you don't miss, miss, miss a thing. Trackside Online, it's $22. Don't go out for lunch tomorrow. It's 22 bucks. <laughs> exactly. Support, support you guys and what they're doing. And again, tsoladder.com, that's free, right? That's free, yep. Thanks. Is it Cooper Tire on board again? Oh, yeah. It's TSO Ladder presented by Cooper Tire. I should always get that in there, right? That's all right. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag Team Cooper Tire. They were big supporters of us here as yeah. well yeah. on EKN, on the Road to Indy, everything. Perfect. So, again, folks, Steve Whittick and I, Rob Howden, done our first episode of the Road to Indy Insider here for, for uh, 2020. I think episode number 25 overall, did I say? Um, we're looking forward, to the, looking forward to the new season. It's going to be a lot of fun, folks. We'll be doing post race breakdowns, maybe a few previews here and there. I'm going to try to get a lot more interviews going than I did last year. It's one thing I really want to bring to the table. Live, uh, uh, live but, shows or something. Maybe once in a while. What's that? We maybe live live stuff once in a while. Let's do it. Yeah, I got a five minutes. I got a for the day type thing. I like it. We should do that. Let's play with that. So Steve, Wood, Steve Wood and I are going to do some live stuff, folks. Be ready for it. It'll be a combined insider slash TSO ladder program. Love fun with it. Steve, again, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.